Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka if i could start this episode out with a thanksgiving carol i would but i don't think there are such things as Thanksgiving carols? Does anyone sing songs about turkeys other than my four-year-old? No? Just me? Hi, everybody. It's Denise Hanitka, and this is On a Mother Level. Thanks so much for joining us for our happy Thanksgiving episode. And as I record this, it is my husband's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Turner! And I think many of you would be surprised to know what he asked for as his birthday meal, okay? Stick with me on this one. He asked for Sloppy Joes, my homemade Sloppy Joes, not some canned nonsense, my real homemade Sloppy Joes, and sweet potato fries. Now, how's that for home cooking? Now, that doesn't mean I can't cook anything else. It just means that I make the best Sloppy Joes on the planet Earth. It's true. It's just a fact. So I want you to to know that, that that's how we are celebrating my husband's What birthday are we going with today? Are we going with the real? The real 38? He's nodding in agreement. He's fine with it. 38 for the big guy, the big bearded man over here. He's not going to say anything, lest his voice be captured by a microphone. He might burst into flames. Anyway, you guys, I'm telling you my Sloppy Joe story because today on this episode, you're actually going to hear from someone who does know how to cook real things. Her name is Jamie Schwind, and she just started a business in the Quad Cities called Garlic in My Wine. And her mission in this episode is to turn you into a stuffing lover. So on your Thanksgiving dinner plate... If you do not have heaping piles of stuffing, it's because you have not had Jamie's stuffing, and she's here to convert you. And I'm excited to talk to her about a number of things today, and I started by talking to her about the fact that for some reason lately, I'm very attracted to people who are using this quarantine time to discover something that they're great at and turn it into a business. I am profoundly um, amazed by these people who take the leap and follow their passion and their talent. And so Jamie is one of those people. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please follow me on Instagram. I am at Denise WQAD. The show is at on a mother level, all one word, no underscores, no periods, no nonsense. We just need you to follow along and listen to some preview clips and share the podcast with a friend. It always helps to let people know what we are doing on this show. So thank you so much. And here's Jamie. Um, Yeah, you know, I've always loved, loved to cook. It's been a passion of mine. And just, I think with quarantine, just us being home and my husband not traveling for work, just got me more in the kitchen and doing more cooking like I used to. Um, You know, and I just had a bunch of people asking for recipes and the whole thing with the way I cook, I just can't do recipes. Like I just never learned that way. I feel bad people ask me for recipes and I'll give them the gist, but it's not, you know, I don't measure like a half a cup of this or a tablespoon of this or that. So that's the hard part. So that is when, you know, even my aunts and friends and neighbors would ask for a recipe and I'm just like, you know, I'd give it to you, but it's just not going to taste that good. So that's when my husband's like, you got to do something with this garlic in my wine. And so I just said, I'll just make it for you. Let me just do the work for you and cook it for you because it's going to be the best version instead of, 
you know, maybe adding a little too much wine to one dish. Nick, what is what recipe did Jeannie give me? Yeah, it reminds me of my Ukrainian grandmother. I've asked her a thousand times for the recipes for her, you know, signature Ukrainian food dishes. And she's like, I don't know, you just put it in, you add the yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, gotcha, gotcha, Baba. So I'm how did you not. learn to cook? You know, um, that's the funny thing. It's, I, I kind of just taught myself, you know, my grandma on my mom's side was an amazing cook, gourmet cook. She'd cook for 20 of us, you know, holidays, we'd all be piled into her house, all the grandkids, all of us running around, whether 17, 18 cousins we have that were all really close. And then all my aunts and uncles. So she, that's just what she did. And I just always remember her in the kitchen and just smelling you know, the food and the aromas coming through, but she never knew either. You know, she would always say a little bit of this and that butter, um, you know, butter's <laughs> key to everything. So don't come to me if you're looking for a diet, I can help you, but not for with garlic in my wine, you know, and just, I think it just kind of got it from her. You know, I know it's weird to say like it's passed down, but cooking, but I, I think it really might be. And I just always had a passion for it. And I remember after college when I moved back home with my parents, in the basement, they had a treadmill and I just jump on there and headphones with music on, but I was so bored. I just throw in the Food Network and watch that in the background. So that was kind of something I always just got like ideas from. I never really listened though to the recipes. I'd always be like, oh, that's kind of cool. You, you know, throw a little mustard on that steak and let it marinate for, you know, just different kind of random things. But yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, and I wish now that I was in the kitchen more with my grandma and be like, how do you do this? Because there are still family text messages that go around like, Hey, who is Nana's recipe for crates or, you know, this or that. And no one had them because she didn't have it. You know, nothing was written. She wrote down a few things, but just kind of how I would be like, you know, just add this, you know, throw that in there. So that's kind of where I just got it. Just taste test and go from there. Throw it on the table and see if my husband likes it. If he doesn't, then I'm not going to give it to anyone else. <laughs> but in a small way, you're kind of changing that family history. You know, you're preserving some of these recipes in some way. And so maybe your great-grandkids will be able to cook it the way their great-grandma Jamie did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the goal. You know, even my husband still says, you got to just figure out these recipes. You know, give the book to Avery when she goes to college or when she gets married or lot of my family asked. So I'm getting better with, you know, writing at least, you know, eyeballing it. You know, reality, if I just had some, you know, interns that were really, really good at eyeballing math, it could be, oh, that's exactly, you know, two tablespoons Jamie put in, then, you know, that's a dream world. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a fun way to cook. I do like it because I just always have random ingredients in the house, you know? Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a key, there's probably two key ingredients, garlic and wine. Yeah, yep, those are definitely the two. I know that was a name that when I just, it just popped in my head one day, just because literally always cooking with garlic and wine, always. So I thought it was just kind of a funny little name. You have a odd sense of humor. I think my husband may have questioned that name. I think, you, you know, a little bit, but I'm like, this is me, this is mine, this is how I cook. Like, yeah. Sticking with it. <laughs> well, and so it's really taken off in the last couple of weeks because you're now expanding with the, the whole Thanksgiving dinner menu and you're going to have a whole table full of offerings. How are you going to cook for your own family and then everybody else's family at the same time? You know, I, uh, I spaced it out pretty well. Fortunately, this year, we switch off every other year. Usually, I host my in-laws. This year, it's um, in Lake Geneva with my mom. So I'll help do the turkey, my famous stuffing, which I know it's funny. A lot of people aren't fans of stuffing. Um, you know, this isn't cooked in the turkey at all. People call it dressing. But it is definitely one of my, like, signature dishes that I could change anybody's mind about stuffing. Really? Yes. Anybody order it. And if you don't think it's the best or you like it, I'll give you your next meal free on me. It is really? delicious. Yeah. So that. Yeah. I'm one of those stuffing people that's a little on the fence about it. Yes. Okay. A, a lot of people, especially when I moved here too, we would do a Friendsgiving and I brought it when you're like, no one ate it. And I'm like, what the heck? And just a lot of like, I think there was only one person that was a stuffing fan besides me. Yeah. No, I think a lot of it's like, there's, they don't know what's in it. They don't understand it. I mean, it's typically just bread. I do homemade bread, you know, whatever sausage, celery, you know, onions, garlic, it's nothing that you wouldn't eat anyway. So I think everyone just doesn't really know. It's kind of like, you know, mushrooms or something. A lot of people don't like mushrooms. It's haven't had it cooked correctly. You know, they're kind of like, I'm not even a big mushroom fan myself, but 
Yeah, the stuffing is definitely something that is my signature dish. I've been making it for years for all the sides, whether it's over at my mom's side or my, you know, my in-laws here and everything. So that's, that's my one to go to. So that's why I put that on my Thanksgiving menu, just letting people taste it and how good it is gourmet. And that's, some people don't know how to cook it. So that's, yeah. you know, I'll just do that for you. Too but yeah, got people serving stovetop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That too. And my, you know, and I do big servings. We do. We're big eaters in my family. So, you know, even with garlic and my wine family meals, you're probably going to get enough for eight people. You know, it says like six people feeds four to six or six to eight. It's definitely, I'm a big portion person. So you're going to get, you're going to have leftovers, you know, for sure. Maybe not, you know, some people, you know, probably dig it in, go into the fridge right before bed and finish it off like my husband. So we don't have leftovers the next day, but yeah, it's definitely, I definitely make sure that you're going to get the best quality ingredients and a lot of it too. Well, I can attest to that because I ordered your meatballs a couple of weeks ago. My family devoured them. So sorry, no leftovers on that <laughs> night. Um, but one thing that I thought was really cool is, you know, placing that order on whatever day it was. And then throughout that week, I watched you cook it on Instagram. And I thought that was such a genius idea where I was like, oh, there's my meatballs. Like she's making my yeah. meatballs. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. That. That's a fun thing I kind of do, you know, so it's not just like I'm going to, you know, it's, you kind of get to see the background of like how I'm doing it, how I'm making it, you know, it's fun. Um, I think that's how I kind of started garlic in my wine. I was just in the kitchen so much and people were asking me for recipes. So I'm like, I'll just videotape them. I got one of those, you probably know, you know, the tripods with the ring. My husband got me and my daughter nice. for my birthday that last year. So that was perfect because usually I'm holding the phone and dropping it in whatever you know trying to use two hands to stir something but that's kind of fun too my husband said just keep that like that's your you know your niche and people could see so if you want to refer back to like a risotto or even you know a salmon pineapple that i made back in the summer it's always kind of fun to just always have those videos actually see how you know what i'm doing and the time it takes and the time i spent and all that on there so well, and I loved the other day you were making risotto, and at some point during the stirring process, you talked about how you now sit down when you cook because you're very yeah. different. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is one thing that's definitely, especially at this age at 38, having my second kid, it's a lot harder on my body than what was, what, 32 maybe, 32, 33. Um, but, yeah, standing, I mean, I'm at that point where I'm, like, almost doing full-blown squats to get something out of the oven, you know? I like, can't just bend over anymore. So that has been a little challenging, especially like the meatballs. They did take me 13 hours to cook that day. Um, I should have done it Saturday and Sunday, but uh, procrastinator and me just did it one day. But that's the one thing, you know, with my back, I'm like kind of laughing. I'm literally sitting down at my stove. My daughter walks in. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting? I'm like, don't mommy's back hurts. But <laughs> at least I have a stool tall enough for the stove. So it's good. But yeah, that's definitely been a challenge. Just the bigger I get, you know, might do lighter meals. Kind of, you know, our second baby is due in February. So that too, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with garlic, my wine. I might take time off. I might not. I mean, I'll be in the kitchen anyway, you know, five weeks, not be able to exercise, which I love to do. Um, I might do made to order meals, maybe a couple that week you can come pick up, you know, instead of every other week. So that's just something kind of fun. We'll see. Or I might take a break. So everyone order your food now because yeah. you might not get anything February, March, April. Who knows? So yeah, that's, that's one thing we'll got to figure out down the line. But yeah. you're another example of this, this working theory that I have about pregnant ambition. Whenever I talk to pregnant women, they always have agreed to do these huge projects, but they're <laughs> very pregnant. So like my pregnant ambition was painting my kitchen cabinets at eight. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> I mean, like a friend of mine started grad school when she was seven months pregnant. So it's like, I don't know why we get these big ideas and these big plans when we literally have so much else to do. No, I know you're right. You know, I'm a very all or nothing mentality. And even yeah. when I'm pregnant, they're like, what do you do? You're pregnant and you're starting a company. You know, you're doing this and that and taking on and building websites and going out there and finding word of mouth. I'm like, yeah, it's just something I think, you know, we have us women like when, you know, building a baby, build a business, build, you know, room, do, do whatever. <laughs> Sky's the limit. Yeah. Were there but any hesitations, it, any fears that you had to overcome? You know, no, not really. I mean, not really because such a comfort, like it's so easy for me, you know, cooking and everything. It's probably the writing 
you know, with, with like Instagram or trying to write recipes out is kind of a fear just because like I said, I don't want to give someone the wrong measurements and have it taste disgusting if they try to cook it. Um, and you know, my, I think just now it's like, it's hard because with garlic, my wine is completely different. You know, I'm just going to give you one gourmet delicious meal. You know, I'm not going to feed you two or three, four nights a week, unless you have enough leftovers. But that's the thing, you know, even the soup I'm doing this Monday, broccoli soup. I think a lot of people might be like, oh, what's the point? We could just go to Panera or Hy-Vee, you know, and get it. But, you know, it's, you have to taste, you have to definitely give our garlic, my wine, a chance, like a taste, and it will change, change your world. Like change the way you will feed your families. And I'm not just tuning my own horn. I'm not one to talk myself up like this at all, but when I'm very confident in it and love it and, you know, won't put it on the table unless I'm for sure people will rave about it. So that's the thing. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's just soup. It's probably the best broccoli soup you will for sure have. Promise I, you. I have no issue with the confidence. I feel like um, people won't be able to see you, but I'm talking to you via Zoom and like the passion for what you do just like radiates off the screen. And so, and you know, I feel like you got to be confident about food because you don't, you only get one shot at it. You know, right. like if you have a restaurant and you don't like it the first time you go, you're not going back. So it's yep. like, you got to be confident and you got to deliver. And I think you do. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm a picky person when I eat too. Um, my pizza crust took me, I think like six months to finally, finally perfect. And I will not give anyone that recipe. Um, we were very good friends that have asked and I just won't, I'll just do it for them. And then my gnocchi I perfected. Which is, you know, that's hard too. It's different. You know, I do a kind that melts in your mouth. Some like a little bit more dense, like my mom likes a little bit more dense. But that's something too with garlic, my wine, when, you know, this pandemic or everything calms down soon, hopefully, to do my cooking classes. So I'll come into your house, do a girl's night, teach you how to make the gnocchi. I'll give you a, we'll do a white wine sauce and then a, my famous red sauce. So you could eat it there. You'll have enough to take home to your family, you know supply the wine, whoever's house, things like that. Just kind of a different take on how to cook. And, you know, if you don't learn how to cook it, you don't. But at least, you know, I'll be there to teach you and give you the gist and everything and actually feed you my gnocchi that I make. So that's something I'm looking really forward to. That's on the website. That's probably, I think it says upcoming in there. Just because, you know, I don't know what's, who's comfortable with what, you know, and what's going on. Um, but that's something I definitely offer. And Christmas, I did a couple of friends back in Chicago, their home last year. And it was, it was a ball. We had so much fun. You know, we're just all in the kitchen. Some people are cooking or not. Some people are just there to eat. And some people want to learn to cook. So they're getting, you know, privilege of both worlds, just sitting there drinking wine and yeah. eating my food and learning. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So that's fun. So those two things, um, I definitely like, would just teach people instead of being like, here's a recipe, because it's a little bit more hands on. You have to know the texture of the dough and you know, enough egg and when it's ready to put in the boiling water and stuff. Sounds uh, intimidating, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'll do the classes. I'll just do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The closest thing I can think of is my baba taught me how to make these brogies, like Ukrainian style. And yeah, um, yeah. And there's there's something about her dough and her dough only is just soft and pillowy and I really need to dive in and figure out what she's doing differently than I am because it's like it's just not right it's just not right yeah yeah and sometimes it's just as little as how much you need the dough you know it's not a lot some people think they gotta roll it out and kill it it's like sometimes you barely have to touch it you know let it do its own work so it's tricky it's definitely an art I mean you definitely have to learn you're gonna have mistakes you know I definitely had a few, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not giving this to anyone, we'll eat it. You know, nothing gross, it's just nothing perfect. Sure. So, um, 38, um, pregnant due in February. Honestly, it gives me a little hope because I don't know if a third baby is in my future, but I'm not young anymore either. I'm not saying you're old, but you know, I mean, I like, I like seeing Seth's breathe at any age. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, you know, my whole life, I just, I've always wanted to be a mom. I'll never forget in fifth grade, it was like career day. And I stood up there and said, I want to be a mom. And all the kids laughed at me. It's just something I just, you know, my passion, I just love it. And I always assumed we'd have five or six kids. Yeah. You know, just what you think. You're a girl going through life. You're going to marry this and that. Um, and then when we had Avery, my little girl who's five years old, my little sous chef, hey, my face <laughs> cluster back here. You know, it, like we didn't have any trouble. It was fine. We just, you know, we had her. And then we were trying for, you know, 
kept trying and trying and just, we just couldn't get pregnant on our own. We didn't know why, you know, unexplained infertility. We went to a bunch of doctors and stuff. So this baby that, you know, we're finally, you know, I mean, it's just, we're ecstatic. We just can't even explain. I'm, we did, we definitely did IUI, you know, it's nothing that I'm not ashamed to talk about. I think some women, you know, have, are more, they're going through this now more than ever. It's like, once you open up and talk about it, I have girlfriends coming out of the woodwork. Oh, this happened to me. You know, people at the gym, people at the store. It's just crazy how much you hear about it, you know, and we don't know why it's happening, but it is, and it's tough and it's emotional and stressful. And, you know, I beat myself up about it a lot thinking like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I have a baby again? So it's just an emotional roller coaster. So when we finally thought I was pregnant this time, it was on Father's Day. And I, I didn't, I literally got like three sticks and chugged water to make sure it was right. You know, I was like, this can't be. But yeah, we went through a lot for it. And, you know, six years, well, yeah, five and a half years later, we'll have another baby, thankfully. Wow. And, yeah. And, you know, in the end, it kind of works out, obviously. You know, everything happens for a reason. Because I was like, oh, you know, you want him so close in age. But now it's like, Avery will be six. Like, you know, she understands. She'll be old enough. It's, you know, kind of a big gap. But she could help. She's already talking about feeding, you know, the baby, holding the bottles, probably teach her how to raise the kid. No, like <laughs> 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 the baby, mommy's got to cook. <laughs> um, but you know, in the end, it's, it'll be fun. She totally understands what's going on. She's so excited. It is so cute. The kid, she's just drawing pictures of her and a little sibling and leave them all over the house for the baby fairy quote um, to come. So it's, you know, I kind of ask for a better life right now. It's just everything's kind of getting answered and falling into place. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait. Back you up a little bit. So, I mean, this is a, this is a real thing. This, this concept of secondary infertility, basically that you get pregnant successfully very easily, or, you know, with not a lot of struggle the first time. And then it's not the same the second time. Did doctors give you any like guidance or clues about how this happens or why it happens? You know, they, they just didn't, they really didn't have an answer. And it's crazy because I did all the testing. I'll never forget years ago. I did that. I forgot the exact medical name, you know, the blue dye, all this to see if your tubes are blocked or something happened with the first one. Because I hemorrhaged really bad after Avery. Okay. So I thought maybe something happened with that. But they just, it was just timing really with us. You know, it really was. You know, he was fine. He got tested. I did too. So that was actually more frustrating. I'll never forget. I called my mom. I was like crying at the doctors because I was like, I actually wish there was something wrong that they had an answer. They're like surgery, fix it. You know, we didn't have that. I'm not saying that's an easy way. I know women have to go through surgeries and do this and that to have babies. But when you just don't have an answer and it's been month after month after month that, you know, it doesn't happen. It's just, you just don't know why you beat yourself up. You know, and it's just, we didn't, but we didn't really have an answer of why, you know, no one, no one knew why it just, I think with, with me and him, it was just timing. Even with Avery, when we had her, it was just, it was just timing, you know, I mean, not to get too detailed, but you know, we, I wasn't, I was barely even ovulating yet. So I didn't even think it happened, you know, so things like that. And then all of a sudden I'm pregnant. So I think with us and some people, you know, it's just really timing with you and your husband and that minute or hour that you're supposed to be ovulating, you know, might be off. So I don't and that's, know. That's such a frustrating concept because it is true, you know, and when everything works out, you, you sort of rest easy in this comfort of, of the concept of timing. But like when you're in it, you're in it and it's heavy and it hurts. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of months I think, well, I know I was, I was down. I was mean. Um, not meaning to be, but like, I almost took my anger out on like other people, family, friends, you know, and I didn't realize it till like after I was like, gosh, like that really bothered me. Cause you're trying so hard to have another baby and grow this family. And I put so much pressure on myself where it's like, you don't realize until everything's like calm. I was like, gosh, that bothered me more than I thought. Cause I almost made myself realize like okay this is it like there's a reason we just have Avery like your life is great you have adorable family you know everyone's loves each other everyone's healthy you know I made myself believe that I just almost didn't want any more kids just because it was easy to like force your brain to kind of trick your brain yeah. and then when I realized 
you know, I was pregnant. I was like, oh gosh, I was lying yeah. to myself this time, you know. Yeah. I, I was taking my anger at my husband for no reason or family or friends. So it, it's, a, it's an evil stage to go through. You know, I wish no woman had to, but, and you can't give anyone really advice. It's, it's tough. You know, it's hard. You just got to go with the flow. And I mean, I think just more be honest with people. Cause if, you know, some people didn't know what I was going through with infertility and were like, Oh, why is she mean in a bad mood today? It's like, it wasn't anything I did or they did. It was that time of month, you know, maybe it came and didn't expect it to. So and you know, it's stressful with your husband too, whether your best friends, it's like, you're still, you know, he didn't know if it was him and he felt bad and he didn't know if I was blaming him. So definitely a roller coaster for a marriage. Yeah. But it brings you closer to, I think, you know, you more communicate and talk and he understands my feelings. And, you know, I think understands women now more because he went through so many hormones and emotions with me. So he's ready for our daughter to grow up now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, oh, it, is a, yeah. good, it is a good point because it does have an impact on your marriage and, and yeah, and it could bring you closer and it can also just, yeah, if you're both like in the, in the bad place, like that has an impact too. Yeah. And it's tough even, you know, and it's almost like it should be a hush hush where a lot of people don't talk about it. Even if you have a miscarriage, which happened to us, unfortunately, um, that's like a big secret. And to me, I'm like, it shouldn't be because I need to talk about my feelings. You know, you can, you know, months later, it's like, oh, this happened to me, you know, six months ago. It's like, you hear about so many more women that that happened to where it's almost like, oh, gosh, I wish I would have known. Like, I didn't know what they were going through. And when you go through it yourself, it's like people don't talk about it. It's like, well, that should be talked about just as much as infertility or pregnancy because there's a community out there that you need that people are going through this. And it's, that is heart wrenching for sure whatever stage and you know you are pregnant with a miscarriage so that's something I think you know as a whole community it's like once you find that other woman that that happened to it's like a bond yeah you know yeah and that's that's really what I love so much about doing this podcast but I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised to hear how many times you know I'll ask somebody if they're willing to share this story or that story and most of the time they'll a lot of times they'll say no because they say, yeah, 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 I went through, I went through that, but you know, somebody else probably went through something way worse than what I went through. And it causes this hesitation, like, like we're in this competition and whatever your story is, couldn't, couldn't matter because somebody else's was worse or harder or sadder or whatever. And like, why would we be engaged in this bizarro competition of why we right. should not talk about our stories? Right. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, I know you're right. Like you're like, Oh, well, mine was a little bit too early. You never know. Like you don't want to step on anyone's toes, but it's not, it's, I mean, yeah, not at all. It's, we're all going to be here for each other as women, especially fertility, infertility, all that. It's a whole, yeah. I mean, I went through more emotions in my late thirties, I think with life and loss than I ever had in the past five years. I think I've had more lost love and hurt and happiness and I literally had in, you know, a decade or two. Yeah. So, I mean, it helps you grow and makes, you know, makes you realize like what is really important in life. Like what, you know, these little things, these little petty arguments or something like, what are you here for? What's your purpose? You know, your family is everything and you just got to keep yourself healthy and your mind healthy and communicate and just, you know, be there and love yourself first. You know, that I kind of lost myself. I feel like a little bit too during all this and I got back into, you know, I threw myself in the gym, neck and lie. Like I was very like just working out nonstop, just kind of fill your mind or something else to do or think about. It was like mindless when I was there. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously cooking was my therapy and found me and got started a whole new company. So I mean, I never would have thought I'd have a website or company for cooking. It was always a dream of mine. So I don't know, just kind of crazy. I think, you know, everything, how, where I'm at right now. Today yeah. With all this. yeah. Well, not to be too cheesy, but like here we are, you know, coming on Thanksgiving, and some, there's a lot to be grateful for this year. For sure, definitely. Yeah, Thanksgiving's one of my favorite holidays. I mean, Halloween can never, nothing can beat Halloween in this family. Um, <laughs> but Thanksgiving, it's my mom, my birthday, my dad. He passed away years ago. My mom and Thanksgiving, so we're all back to back. So. It was always a fun holiday, you know, to celebrate and just be together, especially this year with everybody and, you know, the virus and all that. You don't know what's going on, but, 
you know, it means more, you know, it's probably not going to have like our Thanksgivings used to consist of like 40 some people, you know, big Italian family is crazy. It was fun, but now it's just like you're back to their roots where it's my sisters, my brothers, everyone's flying in from different states, going like Geneva, staying at my mom's. Do our cousin Turkey Bowl the day of, all the little cousins will play too. So it's more about the meaning, you know, just, yeah, you're right. Like get all sappy, but like what Thanksgiving should be about, you know? Yeah. 2020 has actually been a really good year for me. I feel bad, but it, you know, I hate to say yeah. it, but it's been a good year to kind of realize what, what's right and what's wrong in life and where you want to be. Gosh. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thanks. <laughs> so any other Thanksgiving traditions? So the Turkey Bowl, just getting everybody together? Um, you know, the Turkey Bowl is hysterical because like I said, <laughs> there's what, 18 of us cousins. Um, so it gets pretty competitive. Obviously, I won't be playing this year being pregnant. Two of my other cousins are pregnant, too. So we'll be the referees or just on the sidelines drinking non-alcoholic drinks and grilling <laughs> brats for everybody in Wisconsin. Um, but it's fun. It gets pretty competitive. And then with all the, well, great-grandchildren, you know, um, they're old enough now to start a, you know, a second football team with Avery. And all the, my nieces and nephews are 13 and 12. And my cousins have kids and we're all super, super close. You know, it's funny. I know people are like, oh, that's, you know, my random cousin. It's like, we are, our, my grandparents did a really, really good job with our family. We do every holiday together. We're all over the U.S., but we're still all in everyone's business. There's a family text going on that I actually have to mute because there's 40 of us on, you know. Oh Sometimes I'm like, I look at my phone, I'm like, 68 text messages? Like, what's going on? It's just everyone just saying hi or talking. So, yeah, we're all in each other's life too much or you know which is a good thing but it's fun you know it's they did my grandparents did a really good job and I hope that we kind of could keep that tradition carrying on and going to Lake Geneva and for summers and holidays Thanksgiving all that yeah well I'm sure you will you're also part of the very cool and exclusive club of people like myself who don't find out gender of babies either yes yes people think I'm crazy no I can't do it I don't know. It was, you know, I just never wanted to. Even when our first with Avery, like, neither of us wanted to, which was great. My husband and I, we didn't have to, like, argue or be, like, one of us find out or not. It's just so much fun. I think just even leading up to that day and then just, you know, even the family and friends that day, and we're like, what'd you have? What'd you have? You know, yes. either way, we're happy, whether it's a boy or a girl. But it almost gives you more, like, just motivation, like, mm, through the pregnancy. Like, all right, we're almost there. I mean, and I, and I know I said this once to my friend, it probably sounded bad, but I'm like, I would just get bored. Like, if I knew already, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, six more months to go. Like, yeah. I'd be overdoing the room or overbuying stuff, you know, girls or boys. But I don't know. It's so exciting. It's, it's, it's so exciting to be pregnant, but it's even more exciting. We just have no idea. What, no, I you completely know. agree. We didn't find out with either of our boys. And yeah. I, loved that I, I loved that I had no preconceived notions about this person before meeting them. You know, right. I didn't get to like picture them or think about them. They were just who they were. And then I yeah. got to meet them truly for the very first time. I thought that was extra cool. And I'll, I'll never forget with when I was pregnant with Abram, when we were in the ultrasound room, when we could have found out the gender. And so the the tech or whatever told us to look away or close our eyes. And yep. we did. And she goes, Oh my gosh, you both actually closed your eyes. <laughs> she goes, Someone always cheats. There's always a peek. <laughs> I can't believe that like there's like the husband or the wife like, yeah, like still looking. I know. <laughs> I'd be so mad. I'd kick him out into the baby's board. <laughs> He'd slip or tell me. Yeah, no, everyone finds out now. Uh, our nurse with Avery was in shock and she, I remember her shift was up and she's like, do you mind if I call back and see what you guys had? She's like, nobody, everybody finds out now. It's like, yeah. no surprise. So that was cute too. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like this person you don't know. We actually had a name picked out for Avery. And the night before I had a, just a random wild dream and the name Avery came in my head and we had her and I saw her. I'm like, wait, what do you think of the name Avery? And Elliot, my husband never, like I never mentioned that name. He's like, what? He's like, oh my God, it's perfect. So it's just funny how like, even now people are like, do you have names? I'm like, we do, but can't trust myself to keep it. 
right you know, see what happens that day well now if you don't have a dream the night before you're going to be questioning everything i know i know i'll be like not naming the kid the kid for like five days still don't we still don't know what we know how to name the baby well i mean i'm sure everybody asks you like what's your punch is it the same or different with avery like how do you feel what do you think it is yeah you know this one's completely different um and it could be because my age but i even told my husband i'm like i think this is a boy what is doing to my body i'm tired i can barely move you know i'm like it's just completely 100 percent different feeling than avery who's actually in my lap right now say hi <laughs> No, no. Um, so yeah, it's def it's a completely different feeling. It really is, and that's the fun thing to be pregnant again. This one's going way, way more fast. Obviously, I think because I have her, and I'm just busier. You know, you're running around. I'm already like, wait, what? I'm, you know, the holidays are here. I'm due in February. Yeah, everything's just completely different. There's not one similar thing. I was a little bit nauseous with this pregnancy in the beginning, and I started getting migraines recently, and I didn't have anything at all with Avery. I mean barely any back pain or anything like that. So we'll see with this one. And the, the, I had an ultrasound the other day and this is a third nurse that was dying laughing because the baby is moving so much. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing for us or what, like, you know, it was cute, but I'm like, it's not that funny thinking like, come, come be my babysitter and laugh if this baby has rambunctious right. out of me as it is in me. So yeah, but it was funny. I was talking to my mom, like this is that third nurse that was literally like cracking up out loud, trying to like find the baby's heart rate because it was moving so much or trying to do an ultrasound and get a good picture. So yeah, that ultrasound, I didn't even look at all because she's like, don't look, the baby's moving so much. You're bound yeah. to see. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Because certainly girls can be just as rambunctious as boys. So that's not even a dead giveaway. I know. I know. We'll see. We're, uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it's exciting. So we're good and feeling good and healthy and here before you know it. Yeah. So how do you feel like your mindset's changed about motherhood? You know what I mean? Because it's been a minute since you've had a newborn. So like, do you feel like a different person, like going into that stage than you did the first time around? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. I do. I def I feel more confident just because, you know, in the first, you just don't know what to expect. I remember asking my mom, I'm like, how do you like if it, the baby starts crying like how do you know what it needs and she's like you're you'll know the baby's cry and i'm thinking to myself what a cry is a cry and you know with avery i knew like oh that's her tired cry that's her hunger cry so i'd like tell my husband like oh she needs a bottle you know it's you just know it's funny like literally within a week you know somebody more than you know yourself this time around i think i'm just more confident and just more excited to know that I took Avery, obviously cherished every moment, but knowing that this will most likely be our last baby, like to just hold on to that newborn stage. Like those first two weeks, you'll be exhausted, but they fly by, you'll get through it. Like, it's more of like a pat on my back and like a little angel on my shoulder, like getting me through, you know, it goes by so fast. Avery's five. She's going to kindergarten all day next year. I'm like crying already about it. Like it goes by so fast. So it's like, hold on to those moments, cherish them. Those first steps, the first rollover onto their tummy or back, you know, really hold on to it. And I think, yeah, I'll be more prepared. I think with this one, that first night I had Avery home. Um, my mom was here out of town too from Chicago and I'll never forget. I was sleeping. There's this room downstairs and I went to sleep and I actually didn't go to sleep. Avery was on my chest the entire night and I literally did not fall asleep because I was so petrified. She would like stop breathing, which I have no idea. Like she was perfectly healthy and fine. So that's the funny thing. My mom's like, what do you mean stop breathing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, how do they know how to breathe on their own? You know, just so like frantic and chaotic. I'm thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, you psycho. Like you literally went over 24 hours without sleeping because <laughs> you're nervous. So this baby, I'll be fine. I'll probably tell my husband to go feed the baby <laughs> the first night. I put my feet up. You take the first two nights, honey. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's just like hard to know like how you're going to be or what the situation is going to be like. And yeah. yeah, and it's different. I mean, the baby might not sleep as well. Avery was a really good sleeper. You know, I did the sleep training and stuff, but this baby might not be. So I'm not, you know, I'm not too, just go with the flow. There's nothing, I, I can't control it. So we'll just, you know, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be happy. <laughs>
are you nervous at all about, I mean, you know, we're in the Quad Cities where, like, we're apparently in the middle of a surge and blah, blah, blah. Like, any concerns or worries about, like, new baby, people wanting to visit, all that stuff? Like, have you let your brain go there, or are you just chilling on that right now? Um, you know, honestly, I'm a really laid-back person, and kind of my life is, like, if you can't physically or mentally control it yourself, I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't gone that far yet with the baby, like, just because I, it just, I don't really plan that far ahead, unfortunately, but, you know, we'll kind of come and go. I was joking today with my husband where, you know, I've, of course, obviously it's spiking again. I'm like, as long as there's a bed for me to get into when I, when my water breaks, <laughs> you know, but like, I'll be good. But it's like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in February. You know, I, it's, it's even hard now. It's like, everyone's like worried, like, oh, you're pregnant. You shouldn't be going here or there. Well, yeah, but you know, I don't know. It's just, it's my life and that's how I want to live. And I also don't want to be locked up and petrified and scared for all these months. And, you know, I wouldn't be, if I was, I wouldn't have started garlic in my wine. I would have gone out there and trying to, you know, I don't know. It's a hard question because I don't want to say anything and make anyone mad with my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh. Or hurt anyone's feelings because everything's, everyone has a different opinion and feelings about this. So I think with me, it's just more laid back. We'll be healthy. If not, we'll still fight through it. And I mean, yes, everyone can come love and hug my baby. I'm, I'm actually okay <laughs> with that. No, I agree <laughs> with you though. Not, I we'll agree with fun. you though that like this, these moments are making everybody kind of like declare a team and declare a side and yeah. the side that you choose to some makes, makes, I don't know. There's a lot of judgment about what side you're on. Yeah, like I think that's probably the first time you heard me stutter answering a question because I don't want to, you know, it's just you're, people are going to judge me no matter what, but don't judge me on something that we don't have control over, really know truly what the heck's going on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, my dream is like it was before, have that entire waiting room filled with all my siblings, all six of them, my mom my stepdad my in-laws waiting to see what that baby is just like Avery they all came in the yeah. room so that would be a dream come true come February if we could do that you know and have Avery in the hospital room so that's kind of my biggest fear is her not being able to be there because she's so excited but right we'll deal with that moment when it comes and yeah. I stress about it now it's not gonna help <laughs> no good point good point I guess I'll just finish with some just like little random questions that I have what do you think what motivates you most in your life right now? You know, it motivates me. I think just really just being, you know, the best me. Like I really just waking up every day. Like, I mean, I kind of just, I don't know. It's a really weird question for me. It's like, I motivate myself. I know that sounds weird, but, um, you know, just being the best man and person and version and wife I could be. And especially just being pregnant is a huge motivation and just kind of keep carrying on and pushing and trucking and not letting anything stop me or bother me. But yeah, I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you for that. I oh, just, yeah. I mean, I motivate me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, that is one of those hard questions. Kind of like, what's your favorite movie? Like, I don't know. Like, what mood am I in? Like, where, where yeah. am I? Like the gym motivates me. I love <laughs> yeah. going to the gym. I've been an athlete my whole life. I need to sweat every day and people yeah. think that's weird. I'm like, I get motivated there. I just start my day and do whatever, you know, that gives me energy and confidence, whether it's a, like, that's the one thing I can't run during this pregnancy. And I cannot wait to just run seven miles, even three or two measly miles. I'm excited too. So, but yeah, I mean, it's my, you know, mine's everything. The mine. And totally motivates you. You just got to almost trick yourself into how you're feeling that day if you're feeling down. Well, and I mean, that's never been more important than it has been this year is like right. fighting, fighting your emotions and your bad moods and uh, woof. Like you, we've really had to like push ourselves to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some days during that lockdown where I was just like, it's only 10 and we're on a <laughs> third puzzle. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, there wasn't anywhere to go. And I probably started cooking at 3.30 with my garlic and wine some days. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. 
<laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you seem like a pretty, like, relaxed, pretty fearless person. Does anything scare you? Like, what freaks you out? You know, it's really, I'm just a very, like, personal person. What freaks me out is just, like, the health of and happiness of family, like, losing that. You know, fear of just losing family members. I've lost very, very close people to me, my grandparents, my dad. So I really hold on to people in my life. If you're my friend, family, husband, like even little moments, like, you know, spending time on the couch together because he goes out of town for work, like little moments like that. Like I just, it, slipping away from my your fingers and just not knowing that somebody could be there the next day is a big fear of mine. You know, I also close off a lot too, though. You, you know, people would think I'd be such an open book. It's just like with my emotions, like I would rather put you or anyone first because I could fix how you feel or I could fix how I feel later. I'll deal with me later. But I want that person that I'm with to, you know, feel special or help fix them. You know, I could deal with my emotions later. So that person that's in front of me that I want to make sure it's happier or healthier, you know, doing what they want or need. Um, mm -hmm. I guess just fear of not like feeling that for them or just not having that next day with people. Yeah. Pretty heavy. <laughs> well, honestly, probably um, to that end, been a game changer though to have Ellie at home so much more during this time. Yeah. Honest to God, it was great. I mean, I loved the lockdown. I know it was bad, but I'm like, this is great. He's home. We're hanging out like he's not running out the door to go to, you know, work or overnight in Nebraska driving six hours away. Avery has had her daddy here like we had a ball. I mean, we yeah. we did playing guess who took out those old school games. It was hysterical. Um, yeah, I mean, I grabbed by the horns and loved every minute of it. Not saying it, it was, you know, whatever, but just for my little family, being home meant a lot like that Easter. I know we couldn't see family that hurt that hurt so bad. But we had so much fun. I did a little jello egg Easter, um, Easter egg hunt for the adults in the neighborhood. You know, we made a good rack of lamb. It was just us three. We kind of just, it was nice not actually getting dressed up and having to run to a brunch and then so-and-so's house or in-law's house and back to my mom. So it's actually kind of nice. Do you yeah. have a good Easter? No. No, you don't have a good Easter? No, all right. Well, she's kicked out. Right, well, I guess we'll have to cut out that whole part. <laughs> the kids they ruin everything <laughs> yeah no for it was sort of the same for my family except it was me who was home more you know work not working nights yeah and, you know, even just working from home is just such a different um such a different thing for my career in my life so so yeah in that respect like being home was was big for us it was really really big and and it's it's cool that other people had that same experience yeah. And, you know, I get it, though, too. It's very hard on a lot of people. Even my sister with two sets of twins, you know, everyone's piled in the house. There's nowhere to go. I mean, there were stressful days for sure and boredom. And then you don't know what to do and you're listening to the news too much. But, you know, if it happens again, we all just literally just just got to, I don't know, have fun. Don't know what to, you know, find something. And I don't know. It'll be snowing soon. Hopefully, just build a igloo or a fort in your backyard if we're yeah. stuck inside during that. You know, it's just the little things. It's really the little things in life you got to find. I just find that when you stress too much, even with this whole infertility thing, I was stressing so much. And really, I think that was a lot of it too. You know, people like don't stress, and you're like, oh, I'm not. You're telling yourself you're not. <laughs> right. You stress. It just really does. It just havocs on your body and family and mind and friends that you don't even know until like after the situation's over. And you're like, oh, I took that a little too hard or, you know, whatever. But where do we want to leave this off, Jamie? Anything else that you want to say? Taste garlic in my wine, you know, give it a chance. You know, it's funny because it's almost like, and you know, I might not pop in people's heads a lot, but instead of sitting there one night, you know, you're stressed coming home from work, you'll at least have that home cooked meal there for your kids or eventually ladies night, you know, if that happens. Tell your husband, throw Jamie's food in, you know, he'll be fine. Yeah. Stop with the mac and cheese or pizza or run into the fast food place or this or that. Um, so, yeah, and that's the thing. It's just a different way I cook. It's completely different. It's stuff that you've never tasted um, or have, which is really good. Like it's, you know, like I say, my soups, it's funny. Everyone thinks, oh, it's just a soup. It's, it's you know, I put a lot of time, ingredients, things like that. I actually like cooking things with a ton of ingredients more than, you know, throwing something on the grill. Like I didn't have a lot of videos in the summer. One, because I was at the lake a lot. 
but you know, no one wants to see me flip a cheeseburger on a grill. It's like, you know, the 14 year old kid could do that. So I didn't have many of that in the summer. Um, but yeah, just give it a chance, you know, and even the stuffing on Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I change your mind. I think that will change everyone's mind on stuffing. Stuffing is a bad rap. It needs to get back to like the best, one of the best sides. <laughs> I feel so bad for it. <laughs> okay. Well, Jamie representing the stuffing lobby. <laughs> um, okay. So tell people where they can find you. So go ahead and go to www.garlicinmywine.com. That's for all ordering. Um, you little learn a little bit more about me in the bio too. You'll see my family, a picture of us three. Um, so online you can order, but mainly the main platform is on Instagram. It's at garlic underscore in underscore my underscore wine. Um, and that's where you see all the videos of what I cook at home. Um, you know, how to cook things, fun little posts, things like that. So that's mainly like the fun platform, Instagram. I share on Facebook too, but I'm mainly on Instagram, just an easier platform for me to use, I think. So that's probably the best way to see. And you can see all the candy charcuterie trays. I do a lot for birthday parties, birthday things for kids. Um, I did a 40th or 50th birthday party a couple months ago. So the sky's the limit with that. I did a mermaid yeah. thing, you know, because you have all these cupcakes and cake at the end of, you know, these birthday parties are just so, no one eats them anymore. So this is kind of cute, you know, and then I give people little baggies to take home. The kids, you know, that was like their gift, like the extra candy on the tray. So that's kind of something fun too I have just besides food um, and I cater, but that's a whole nother smorgasbord of things. Um, so yeah, but definitely check out www.garlicandmywine.com. I'll be having my Christmas trays up and some Christmas options coming up too. Gotta, gotta get hacking and taking pictures and everything actually. Well, congratulations on the business. I think it's very cool and um, very excited to see whether you have a baby boy or girl. Yeah, we'll let you know. We should get a poll going for that. <laughs> I'll tell Elliot I said hi and hope you guys stay safe and healthy. And Yeah, you guys too. All right, good. Yep, good to hear from you. Thank you for this. My thanks to Jamie for being part of the episode today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you are listening to this with a belly full of something that's good and uh, maybe a couple glasses of wine too. Check out Garlic in My Wine and follow us on Instagram at On a Mother Level. This episode was hosted and produced by me and edited by our editor, Jordan Franks, who helps us manage all the Zoom audio and helps it sound as good as we can while we are trying to do things virtually during this crazy time. So be well, and we'll see you next week. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.